You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and we're we're back from vacation. Yeah, hey. What's up, Grump? We're a little tanner, a little more relaxed. We are finally in a month that will have Giants training camp in it. So enough of this offseason blah. Let's, let's start getting ready for uh, the real thing. Yeah, the Giants released there. So a couple things happened while we were gone. We didn't have a 4th of July weekend episode. I kind of just... Let's, let's do a JPP check. Five, yeah. five. Oh, all still here. It's still good. good. Cool. Most important thing. Yeah, still no still no big Giants news, which is awesome. Uh, yes. Exactly what we want this time of year. 100%. Um, where were we you 4th of July? What the hell were you doing? 4th of... Where? Well, I was in Greece for a week getting this lovely tan and, re- and really recharging the batteries. July 4th, I was on the couch. We didn't do anything. Hmm. The weather wasn't that nice in the city, so we just stayed here. I was... Uh, <laughs> it's hard to be that exciting. But no, it was the weather was awful because uh, yeah. I was in Pittsburgh. Um, just drove out to Pittsburgh for a weekend. Was going to try and catch a baseball game, uh, but the weather was awful, so... That didn't happen. Underrated town, Pittsburgh. I like it. Absolutely awesome. Absolutely great. Great sports city. Great city for life, culture, food, everything. Yeah. We went out there in 2008 when the Giants beat the Steelers and uh, had a great time. Um, You know, they start tailgating at 6 in the morning. The people are really nice. They're really into it. Uh, It was great. So next time we play out there again – sounds like a road trip you've got to consider oh absolutely i'll go there yeah. anytime too uh it's also cool it's like because of the way this city is like all the stadiums are like right there on the water yeah you is... walk over the walk over the bridge and there's uh football stadium baseball stadium casino right there it's, it's yeah. perfect it's it's awesome uh, a lot of fun and you know if you're into that sort of thing you can like watch a pirates game from the river i think yeah they have not whole gang uh seats where you can look through the the uh they have one of those chain link fence behind the bullpen you can see into the field so it's, it's really cool yeah um other stuff that happened giants released their like training camp schedule kind of whack uh the fan fest is kind of just like literally a fan fest now it's not really yeah. like a practice yeah you need, um, we need a real reason to come out there i mean it's a, it's not easy to get to the meadowlands if you live in you know, Long Island or the city or even Jersey, we need to make it worth our while to make a trip out there. So, oh, you get that mall. Oh yeah, that's great. I'll uh, I'll, I'll definitely spend more go. money. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, but since I'm probably not doing that, you know, like I said, you need to make that you need to make it coming out there worth our while, make it an attraction to go, and make it something fun. So, um, they didn't do it. So, congratulations, Giants. Good job. Yeah, I have no idea what the what the point of that was. Uh, I don't know if maybe it's something with the new turf on the field. They don't want to break it in yet. That uh, could be. That I, sounds like a lot I have no idea. It, I mean, it, I, it, that's, I thought that was me just kind of saying shit. But um, here's the thing, though. I mean, 
there's still a bunch of concerts coming up in MetLife before the season starts, right? So I mean, they're gonna I they're guess. gonna be concerts. They gotta they gotta cover the field with that plywood and stuff, and doesn't that do stuff to the turf? So uh, I don't know. Who the hell knows? Maybe they just suck. I don't. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna go to that. If it's one of those things where I got nothing going on, then I'll almost definitely be there. But if it's gonna be a pain in the ass to get there on the day or whatever. Right. I might just skip it because it's because why you know what I mean it's it's hot as shit I, well that's a I mean, guarantee too let us know if you're gonna be out there anybody if uh you know well that's the thing that sucks like I want to go out there and like hang with people and stuff but that is like right. is that it I'm just like going to a parking lot to do that well people are going I mean yeah. I don't know I mean it's one of those chicken of the egg things are, we, are are people going to go because people are there? Do they go for an event? If there's no event, are people going to go? So or are, are people going to even go? Is there anyone yeah. going to be there to meet? I guess I like say, if you have kids, it's like a cool family thing. But Sure, sure. Um, well, if, you, if you're going, reach out to us on Twitter or now on Threads. Oh, we yeah. Follow, we, we, I did set that up, actually. So if you want to follow us there, we haven't done anything on it yet. But let us know if you're going and we will uh, – a lot of people are going maybe we'll, we'll make a run out there yeah i didn't i didn't do that yet by the way i witnessed that whole thing going on uh i don't know if i fully trust threads as an app yet uh and i also wasn't sure if this was something that could just be kind of well i fixed th- quickly so i you know i did i didn't jump do anything with it <laughs> yeah we had to ju- um just shines pod is on threads I, I created the account we haven't done anything on it yet but it, i i wanted to make sure you know get some maniac stole it from us and you know did bad things so oh yeah well i mean hey uh as of as opposed to us maniacs doing bad things on it (laughs) as as of uh the moment i'm saying this at least i don't even know if that'll change by the morning i doubt it uh but if you've come across a football grump on there it's not me Uh, i can tell you that (laughs) (laughs) wonderful (laughs) if you see a cranky fan that (laughs) is me (laughs) although i've been relatively quiet on the socials for a while i've been kind of taking a break from it so if you may have not noticed or maybe have noticed. Yeah, um, not a lot of bitching from you. No, well, I'm just bitching in the privacy of my own home right now. I'm giving myself a little uh, a little break from the socials. It's a little too much lately, so it's kind of laying low. I get it, man. Uh, you did miss out on something, though. Mike Kafka did a Twitter spaces with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic and Coach Bass, oh. which I thought, the A, was cool just on its own. Um, I thought it was cool that he did that. Uh they mentioned right at the beginning they don't think any any like prominent coach has ever done just like a live Twitter spaces with people. Uh, so like you know, some familiar faces asked some questions. El Jefe was on there, Dan Schneier. <laughs> uh, so they got to ask him some questions. I thought it was interesting. It was about an hour and a half or something like that. Oh, that's good. Um, he talked about uh, – one thing that I thought was really interesting is they talked about how when – with the transformation of the Giants offense in particular, because it's Kafka, but just the transformation that took place with the Giants in the last year, the regime change, you know, some keys to success with that and like how, how that sort of went down. And he highlighted the roster evaluation thing and just identifying the traits of the people they had and uh, where they lacked as a team. And they, they just kind of he, – he said that they never stopped that evaluation process. That was ongoing forever. You just keep going. Just always be evaluating and addressing and stuff like that. That was one of the things we talked about last year, especially when we're talking about Daniel Jones, was like you know, they weren't going to you know, give him the fifth-year option right away because they don't know him. 
was a big reason, not really from past performance. It's like they would need to evaluate and see, is this somebody that's going to fit into our future plans? Like almost what happened in the past was in the past, but let's see what happens now. Mm-hmm. So that evaluation thing is very important because you're you're learning, you know, what 46 guys are or 75 are and people are going to be, you know, rotating in and out of the, of the roster and stuff. So, I mean, that's the competitive advantage some teams will have over others in this league. We, we've said this many times that the overall talent level from the Super Bowl champ to the 32nd team is not as wide of a gap as you think it is. And it's, you know, finding value, finding players in the margins make the difference so evaluation uh talent discovery both on your roster and other rosters is, is critical to success in this league yeah yeah uh he other he, he says some other things about daniel jones he praised him for his poise um and he he was asked i think it was coach vast that asked him like if there was like a, a play or a string of plays uh that he stuck out of like as like a favorite play call of the season. And he kind of just highlighted the uh, Daniel Jones's final drive in the indie game uh, as his favorite kind of collection of plays. And then it kind of ended with him being kind of chanted off the field at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Dan Schneier asked a really cool question about red zone offense philosophy and stuff like that. Uh, it was it was just generally kind of interesting. It was very heady at times, but also kind of silly. Uh, I thought it was a really cool thing, and I was glad he did it. I thought that was just a cool thing that he did, you know. Especially from this is an organization where you don't hear from assistant coaches for long, long, long stretch of the season. If you fairly notoriously tight-lipped organization. Yeah. So to allow this to happen is just kind of a you know a sign of the times. I think that you know fans media everybody demands more access there's more ways you can control that access um so it's good i mean i'd rather him talking now in in early july we can be a little more loose than you know the week of a big game against the philly for example where i don't want him to really say much of anything uh but you know now when we can be a little more looser and wear your uh you know your golf shirt instead of your business suit you know Say something. Talk. Yeah, it was very. Give us a, re- it was, give us a reason to be personal, so we we like you and support you more than just black and white on the field. Yeah, it was very like relaxed style. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, anything else happen while we were gone? Uh, well, in terrible ex-giant coaches alumni news, uh, Pat Shermer is now an assistant with Colorado. It's with Deion Sanders. What is his official title there? I didn't know about this. Uh, offensive assistant or just specialist, I think. Let's take a look. Let's see. I saw it. I was like pretty surprised to see it. Um, that, you know, dropping back from the NFL back down to college. But he's joining the staff as offensive analyst. So he went from offensive coordinator down to an offensive analyst at a, you know, a lower power five school, a, um, a but, lower pack 12 school. Yeah. I mean, the question I have for you, Grump, is Deion Sanders. You know, you know how much I hate his guts, um, obviously, from being um, being a Seminole and obviously what he did with Dallas and, 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 and you know, all, everybody against us and stuff. But. 
do you buy him at all as a legitimate coach? I mean, you know, he did the thing at, at uh, HBSU last year, Jackson State. He goes to Colorado, which hasn't done anything in 30 years. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, he brings over 20 transfers, and all of a sudden these four and five stars are interested in Colorado. I mean, is he just a, uh, a snake oil salesman, or is he actually somebody that can become legitimate coach you know in the college level and maybe in the in the nfl who knows um all right so this is like a multi multi-part yeah. question in in a, in a lot of ways uh for starters um i saw a thing maybe yesterday maybe the day before i don't know um that was just uh kirby smart accolades in recruiting God. uh and the amount uh, like he just his his accomplishments for what he's done through recruiting and that transition to the NFL and it was pretty pretty fucking impressive but like staggering so, but I, I yeah we so I was talking with a with somebody uh, about you know how impressive or not impressive that was and we were just kind of talking about the guy and uh, when it get, you're at the college level recruiting is like such a huge percentage of it uh and 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 if you yeah it really is everything i mean like there are questions every year when we go through like the draft process thing of like um you just you're looking at a guy who's got like the highlight reel thing and you're like but he's just running around everybody like this is not going to happen in an nfl game he's not that much faster than nfl players he's just faster than the guys on the field you know what I mean? And so, like, recruiting guys like that, like, you know, the, the the defensive line that Kirby Smart has brought in has made that team, like, they've just won on just being overpowering in a lot of ways um, that are just raw athleticism. So, to get it back to Deion Sanders, if that's what he can do at, in a, let's face it, lower Power 5 conference, I mean, elevating, it's it's a pretty low bar for him to improve on what Colorado did last year. And I think just based on the transfers he brings in and I think just based on the transfers he brings in, he'll have improved over what they did last year. And don't forget a lot of guys transferred out like oh, a he, lot transferred oh, he, out. He packed the bus and said, you know, get out for all these people. But I mean, obviously this is not his final, you nope. know, goal no, but, but so do I buy him as a coach? Success-wise, I I'm going to asterisk him, right? Like so he goes to uh Jackson and Jackson Yeah, exactly. And and he brings in you know by name mostly, I assume. Uh and I and I assume also like he did his own recruiting and scouting and found these guys and whatever, right? So I don't want to take anything away from him, but just by bringing in guys, I think he did enough success and then he was out the door the same way he was in the NFL for the yeah. next thing where it's no offense. I don't think it's going to be too hard for him to improve on Colorado. So I don't know if I buy him for real because if he keeps just doing two-year stints and improving shit organizations into better ones, eventually he's got to hit that wall of where he's going to just be somewhere and he's going to have to succeed. There's a very strange cult of personality with Deion Sanders, which kind of – if you parallel him and donald trump they're very similar oh you know i mean they were big stars in the 80s 
they were reality TV stars. I mean, didn't Dion host like a couple of these like Teen America shows or some pageant things and stuff like nonsense? And they just because of their name have their they're known. They Some were, like they were bravado brand. to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Incredible bravado. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, we've never seen anything like it really at the college level for a guy that has was not a coach. I mean, remember, he stopped playing 15 years ago, a long time ago, was a personality, you know, was on NFL Network, but never coached. All of a sudden decides later in life to start coaching and starts coaching as a head coach doesn't go through the ranks of, you know, the progression that you do in college or even the NFL. So, you know, that star power attracts people, but does he make players any better? Does he make teams better over a longer haul? I mean, who knows? Well, he's just an interesting, I think it's too early to tell that. I I don't think so. I, I I think a lot of the same things as you, right? Like I, I, I agree with you. Um, that was a very good way to like surmise kind of how he's succeeded thus far. But like, is it fleeting? I mean, it's only been a couple of years, so I don't even know if it's possible to tell if he really makes players better. I haven't heard anything. So here's one thing you're mentioning that like, he's never been a coach. I'm kind of taking that away from him and saying like, Oh man, he's just recruiting these guys and that just automatically makes them better. But not really. You know what I mean? Like he could, if he were really not good at corralling, guys there would have been a shit show especially with the 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 egos that come with talent if he's not in control of that room you know what i mean he's clearly got some level of control i he's not and and as a dude who's talked about the game and the way he prepared for it as a player i think that there is some serious coaching in him innately right like i don't know if it's defined and and sharpened enough to be the teacher that i guess a coach needs to be or anything like that but he clearly has a good idea of knowing what it takes to succeed knowing you know how to prepare for games how to get ready yeah. down to the tiniest details and, and as a how to coach, communicate you're delegating that. a lot of that stuff the nuts and bolts you're delegating to your exactly your coordinators your position coaches your analysts your off-field coaching all that other stuff too and I, I do think that like some level of coaching comes down especially at the college level comes down to uh an impassioned speech like some level of buying into your brand and i think that he's good at that so like yeah. you know when you talk like is he x's and o's a great coach like is he going to make the right decisions in a you know championship game against penn state under the lights you know what i mean like in a true head-to-head coaching strategic battle, I have no idea. But I think he's got a lot of the things that, yeah, I think he could be a good coach. But I, I don't think we've seen enough. Yeah. It just seems like, I, now, maybe now because with NIL and, and even before uh, NIL. It certainly is like a handicap. There, there certainly seems like there was something odd going on of how is this guy all of a sudden getting four-star and five-star guys to an HSBC. That just doesn't happen, <laughs> you know. So now we'll see a Colorado. Now these in the Pac-12, you know, will that trend continue? Where all of a sudden you'll see somebody with their finalists are Bama, Georgia, LSU, and Colorado, and can he actually pull any of those guys? So be some just something to watch. And you know, 
I, I hope so for the sheer relevance of Colorado and the Pac-12A. I don't think it's any good for sports when one thing is awful for too long. Uh, I don't think that's ever good. And uh, also for the story, because I think it's interesting. <laughs> well, We're talking about it. it. Fuck him. I hope he fails. I don't have to like him, but uh, I, him. I, I hope he does well enough to keep 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 sports interesting and shit. All right. All right. So back to it. Onto the Giants. Yeah, onto the Giants. Sorry. That was a nice little break. You know, now we're back to it. Summer, you know, getting back into it. All right. Um, season predictions. Yes. Um, Football Grump has your New York Giants at 2-2 two and two after the first four weeks with losses in opening week against Dallas and then again against San Francisco. Cranky fans got you at 3-1 and, and one with uh, that only loss coming to San Francisco. We didn't talk about this at all, I don't think. Did we? Correct me here. Um, San Francisco, are you more worried about them with the Brock Purdy thing? We, we talked about this last episode. Do we did? Uh, yeah. Um, is there some level of like the tape catching up with him, or is it just he's in such a good system that it won't really matter? I think you're. I think you're in a very good system. I think you see any of these quarterbacks, at least even a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, just kind of, unless you are completely incompetent, you're not dependent on a quarterback having to do everything. And I think you know if Brock Purdy is a smart guy who doesn't make mistakes. You know, sees the field well, knows the playbook, knows the right reads, and just executes. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, week five, October eighth, Sunday, one o'clock game. Giants at Miami Dolphins. Curse NFL gods for scheduling this game in early <laughs> October. What is the point of that? Nobody wants to be in Miami in early October. Fun fact for you, Grump. Since the merger. In 1970, of all the teams, Miami is the team we played the least. I find that very interesting. This is only the 10th time we will play them in the regular season since 1970. That makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. It makes. Uh, the, do you know how many teams have not even been around since 1970 and we played well, them I, more? I, no, I, I meant teams... From the merger, from oh, 1970. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not counting the Panthers or the Jaguars. Oh, I was going to say, about... how the hell is that possible? No, 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 no. Since 1970, the teams, when the merger happened, so when the teams are in the NFL and AFL teams that came over to it, we've only played them 10 times. It's the least amount we played a an NFL team. Is that merging some of franchises that have moved? Is that like collecting them? Like the, the Houston Oilers? The Oilers would be part of that list because they were in um, they were in the AFL and they moved over in 1970. But is that collecting the resultant yeah. franchises? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah. It's just a weird scheduling little quirk that uh, – So the, would you say this will be the 10th time? Only the 10th time. That's wild. In, the last in 2011 50. they played them too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and guess what? In that 10th time, this will be a fucking win in pen. Yeah, right? Woo. Um, I, I think that there might be some struggles against the uh, secondary there, but I, I, I wrote this a lot when I was doing this. Giants might have a trench advantage in this game. Oh. When's the last time we really talked about the Giants having a trench advantage and, on offense? Um, a long time ago. <laughs> I, I, I think that this is a game that maybe Darren Waller might have a really good game. You know? I don't really know 
I don't know. I, something about I, I just don't, I'm not sure how they're gonna try and line up guys against him. Maybe it's gonna it's weird, right? Like when trying to do this, if Darren Waller is already like tearing up the league by like week six, we're only on week five, but just saying, do teams start putting like legit corners on him? Depends on what the output of the uh, the legitimate wide receivers on this team are too. You know, if nobody's really stepped up and it's just like he's our number one threat, but very, very big potential for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Really weird. Uh, I just, you know, I, I'm not loving, I, I'm not loving the situation. I think either Darren Waller is going to be a problem or the amount that they commit to Darren Waller is going to open up somebody else. So as much as I'm scared of this secondary, it's clearly, uh, one of the better parts of this defense. I think the Giants might be able to score some uh, points in this game. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to put this as a win in pencil. I think this is one of those games where you're going to see 30, 35,000 Giant fans there, especially if they start off, you know, pretty. I, I, let's put it this way. I think off of last year's success, a lot of Giant fans who live in South Florida, and as we all know, a lot of New Yorkers live down there, are excited about seeing them. You know, it's the first time they've been down there in, in quite a while. You know, everyone's excited over last year. I think you're going to see a lot of blue in the stands in that game. Um, I think that will help. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we're going to keep riding momentum from the past couple of games that we talked about last one. I, I think we'll sneak out a win. Um, I, I agree with you about winning the potential trench warfare in this game, too. I mean, Again, we're not doing these picks based on who might be injured or not injured. We're going just based on our base rosters. But uh, I got a hunch this year Daniel Jones is going to be better on the road than at home for some crazy reason. Put that as a bookmark, and let's see how that plays out. We get to like week 12 or 13. But I I got a feeling that we're going to look and be like, he actually has better numbers on the road. And this will be one of those games where he has really decent numbers. In spite of you know them having a good secondary and stuff, I think he's I think he's feel like he's becoming a gamer, and a gamer wins games, you know, in hostile environments and things like that. So, I think so even I though there even though there might be a lot of giant fans there, it's still on the road, still going to be hot as hell. That to me is considered a hostile environment. I think uh, I think we win this one in pencil. Yeah, I think I I think I agree with you on Daniel Jones having like a a weirdly good game here. Uh, especially mm-hmm. on the road, uh, 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 on the run, I could yeah. see him like, like I could see these edge rushers from Miami like overcommitting around the bend or something like that. Um, I could see, you know, the defense running back in man coverage back completely to the line of scrimmage and mm-hmm. him just taking off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just beating yeah. whatever linebacker is assigned to spy him or whatever. Um, are you worried I- about Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle? Sure, <laughs> and like, like a like some seventy yard bomb in this game. Yeah, that, everything. That, that's one thing I'm going to fear in this game and pretty much this whole season is I, I, I feel like this this defense is going to be an improvement over last year, but susceptible to the one play, the eighty yard bomb or something that just negates a quarter of good play, and boom, we just give up seven quick points, and that might be the difference this year for this team is. Do they have the ability to score a 70-yard bomb as opposed to the potential for giving up one, you know, in a game or every other game or something? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. 
so here's the thing. I I think at maybe three points in this game, there's going to be a chance where whether it's Dory Jackson, Deontay Banks, whoever, Xavier McKinney, someone's going to bite on something and Hiller Waddle is just too fast mm-hmm. and they're going to get behind them. My question is, for a 70-yard bomb, will this pass rush, will this blitz package do enough where there's not enough time to make that throw? That's what it's going to come down to, I think, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any stopping the fact that to be in an aggressive defense and play against two players that are that just fast, it's going to happen a couple times. They're going to get behind you. Uh, it's going to come down to do you do enough up front to disrupt and throw off timing, you know, force something else to happen. Yeah. I think it'll happen in this game, apparently. Um, I think it's something we have to fear all year. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the great experiment, I guess, with this defense is until, you know, Dante Banks is, you know, established more playing the league and everything. You know, how much how much of a disruptive force will the front seven be to let these guys out there for the potential? When you're when you're facing a number one wide receiver, a real burner, a guy who can who can tilt the field and, and, and cause real problems. Yeah, I also, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the Giants can slow the game down at any point with a running game against this defense too. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this as one in pen. I feel I feel like it's just. I don't know. I like the way we match up with them. I have in pencil. This feels like a game where there's always games every year. It feels like we shouldn't lose this game. We shouldn't win this game. Or these are the type of games we win. This feels like the one we come down to and we win. So I'm put this in pencil. I like your enthusiasm. Um, how about this one? Giants Bills. Week six, Sunday night football, October 15th. Uh, I don't know. Chris Collinsworth probably calling this game. I believe. Well, it doesn't matter. I believe we'll be there. So. I believe we'll be there. That yeah. is the that is the aim. That is the goal. That's um, a fun one. Uh, last time the Giants played there, I think it was twenty sixteen. I think it was. I was there for that. Um, it's fun. It's the closest environment I've been to to a college atmosphere for a NFL hmm. stadium. You know, lots of tailgating out front. It has that smell of tailgate. You know. You know rots and burgers and things and uh you know it's great i'm i'm looking forward to that one we'll have to figure out a way to get there somehow yeah i um i don't know this is like i think like networks were kind of like like looked like evil villains trying to fight over getting this game in their network right (laughs) I don't I don't think it's going to disappoint. Now, I don't think that the Giants and the Bills are like that close in terms of uh parity, but I do think that with the coaching and just the knowledge of Sean McDermott that Brian Dable brought with him here, knowing how to attack things and maybe knowing a weak point or two of Josh Allen's, I think it will be an exciting game. I think it'll be close. Um, this is my pen. Ooh, okay. This is a loss in pen. Yeah. I, I I just don't think we're ready enough to go in a hostile environment, prime time, and win against a fringy Super Bowl contending team just yet. Um, I think we can make it a game. 
I think we can make it exciting, but at the end of the day, they're better. <laughs> and we're playing there at night and all these things. I just think, I don't think we're, we're ready yet to, uh, you know, to call upsets or anything with any confidence. So it's okay. I mean, 17 game season, you're not going to win them all. Obviously you can't predict you're going to win everyone. So I'm going to have this one as a loss in pen. I have it as a loss in pen as well, but I do think it will be close. Um, yeah. I, I do think all the things that I said, I, I think that it's going to be maybe not close the whole game, I mean, there might be like some kind of strong surge at the end, you know, or something like that, or maybe it'll be close for three quarters and then Buffalo separates. But I do think it will be a game at the end of the day. We'll look back at that. Um, On offense, this is actually, I'm thinking that this might be a pretty tough test for the tackles. Uh, It's certainly going to be a test for, uh, for Evan Neal. No matter who he goes, is it going to be Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, or you know Gregory Rousseau? Um, he's going to have to show up in this game because they're going to put him in one-on-one situations and make him have to block. So we'll see if uh, Evan Neal is progressing for sure by this point, week six. Yeah, I was going to say we're going to be a third of the year in in his second year. You know, I think this is a good barometer for him to see where he is in his progression. So. Which should not be a complete product either. I don't expect him to be in any kind of Pro Bowl conversation this year. No. I mean, let's – yeah, we don't – he doesn't have to be a Pro Bowler this year either. I mean, Mm -hmm. we want to see – we want to see the growth. We want to see – we're trying to build two pillars on both tackles that are going to be with this team for the next decade. And we're in – by the time we get to the Bills game, will be his, what, 22nd game? Still a baby. Yeah. Um, I could see, I could see this being a Jalen Hyatt game. Oh, coming out party on national TV. Uh, I don't know if it, yeah, maybe, maybe, I mean, coming out party in as much as, you know, people are talking about him, but I, you know, that won't be the, the start of a, uh, 2014 OBJ year or anything like that. Well, clip that. Hopefully you're hopefully you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, really? That would be something, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. I could see that on offense. I think mostly they're going to struggle on offense. I think they're going to have have a tough time with this defense. Uh on defense, I think they're going to the main thing with this is I don't think the pass rush is good enough. With Josh Allen the way he is, uh you just need to do better than one stray guy getting through. Right, and you can you can make him inaccurate. I think you sure. have to put him. You have to put him in a position to be inaccurate, and that requires constant pressure and constant looks and constantly confusing the guy. Yeah, he's not easily confused either. Um, right, I could see a situation in which Bobby Okereke is like splitting time between covering Dawson Knox and trying to spy Josh Allen, and then just them riding that and picking that apart. Um, and I think this might be a, a hard test for the slot corner. Mm-hmm. I think Khalil Shakir uh, might be somebody who we're worried about maybe in this game. I don't know. It's a loss in pen, but I do think it'll be close. I think they'll make it interesting, probably mostly with like a head coaching uh, advantage. Well, I mean, if you want to look on positives, it's it's a non-conference game. So if you lose that one, it's not as critical as losing, you know, to Philly or something. So we just kind of you play it, you move on. Nothing is as critical as losing to Philly. Um, 
so we both got losses there. We are mostly on the same page throughout this so far. Yeah. Kind of boring. And by the way, we, we, we did not talk before we did this, so we have no idea what the others picking. So No, I don't even know. I'm all done. Are you done? I did the whole season. Uh, I have mine here, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so you didn't even know that. Washington, week seven, Sunday, October 22nd, one o'clock game in New York, whatever, in New Jersey. Um, first division game? I think, yeah, right? No, we, no, we started with oh, Dallas. Dallas, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but that's the, that's that. It, that doesn't always feel like it, the first division game of the year. It just feels like. Ah, it's like, like all over like in a, one shot. It feels, you know? feels like a playoff game. Ooh, yeah. The, the it kind of does, yeah. 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 Um. How do you like taking Washington at home first, this early in the October, tw- before Halloween? You know, I'd rather have this game. I'd rather play these games earlier at home because the end of the season games might, they're just as much could be meaningless as they are super critical. Like last year, we played Philly that last game of the year, and it was like week five and six. We're like, oh, we had that huge matchup with Philly coming, and we, by the time we actually got to week seventeen or week eighteen, it was like, you know, we had fans playing because it meant nothing. So games that have they're much more likely to be important, I'd rather have at home and have it earlier on. So I'm glad we're playing them now here. Okay, this feels kind of. This feels like to me exactly what I think of when I think of well describing football to me as like a like a, what child me would tell me what football is is a fall game, you know what I mean? Sunday at one o'clock and it's Giants Redskins. That's what I would describe football to like if some if little kid me would have said. And then that that child would say, "Who are the Redskins?" Well, you know, <laughs> child me, man. I I wasn't born in 2022, I so. Um, yeah, I, 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 I absolutely get it. It's like it's the first time in the year we're start getting that chill where it's not exactly – we're not sweating our asses off at a 1 o'clock game. It's like, ooh, a little brisk. You know, I'm, I'm flying back from Gainesville or something or you know, from a playoff game, and it's a little folly. feels nice. You're taking the train out, and there's some – some of those leaves have a little bit of red in there, and it's like, now we're in football season. I remember this is really weird, uh, but there's some, it's some when you said that like about getting chilly in football. It just reminded me when I was a little kid playing football in the backyard with friends, whatever. You'd always want to do it when it was on, right? Like around the same time of year, sure. so it would be kind of cold outside. I remember in the backyard the uh, exhaust for the dryer was like there and we warm our hands up with the the dryer exhaust playing outside in the I cold. I realize you had a state of the art stadium in your backyard. Like, yeah, back right? Um so as we're talking all about this about this game in particular, I just realized and I looked up to confirm. This is also a legacy game. So as I'm describing this as a game from my childhood, it quite literally will look like one. Um so that's awesome. I love this now. Now that I'm back in this is perfect. I love the I mean, legacy I- game thing here. I'm going to have my official statement once, and I don't want to say this every time, but uh, I love the fact that they're bringing these uniforms back once, maybe twice a year, 
However, I am probably the biggest advocate of the current uniform as is as your standard uniform. But, I but, think, but this is more than just the uniform. This is the whole vibe. This is the soundtrack, yeah. the field, the stadium. It's everything. Yeah, I know, I know. But the, the biggest thing people care about are the uniforms. And, uh, you know, I, I like the old uniforms. I always thought there was something a little generic about the old ones, just giants. But these ones we have now, they're, they harken back to the old days. They're simple. They're clean. I think they're the best uniforms in the NFL. Um, so I hope they keep them as is. But I do love, you know, using these, you know, for the legacy game. The white ones are the color rush ones that they use. I'm mm-hmm. all good with that, you know, to mix it up every once in a while. But keep it the way it is. Um, I love how they put the the, uh, the red in the end zone mm-hmm. for the uh, the Rose Bowl World uh, Super Bowl. I love having the, uh, you know, the scoreboard looks like Family Feud with Richard Dawson from 1983. That looks great. Um, the old school music from the 80s. That's all fantastic. Uh, showing pictures of Grump with hair. There old you go. school, great. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is the and I'm glad it's a one o'clock game because if you remember growing up, most games the Giants played were. At one o'clock, they, well, they only had like two night games when we were kids. They all, I remember just it was just I'm Monday older. night football. Yeah, I mean, I'm older than you. I remember just the Monday night game. I remember when they started that that Sunday night game when half of it was on TNT and half was That's on right. ESPN. They they split the season up in in, in two and uh, but that was the emphasis on Sunday was clearly wasn't it, it was like know, a when, Sunday thing. No, it was a Sunday night, but it, they, they didn't put the emphasis on having the best matchups. I mean, when that went to no. network and NBC got it, they were like, this needs to be the crown jewel and this needs to be the package. And that's fine. I, I like having a great Sunday night game after watching a day of, of you know giant football and other stuff, but I'd rather it not be us playing. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you. Are you buying the Commandos? Or Commanders? What the hell are they called? I, I, <laughs> am I buying them as a team? I have no, no, you're, 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 not, no I'm, not, I'm not saying as, you know, because they're being sold, literally buying. Like, are you oh. buying the little uh, – it's hype. might even be too strong of a word, but the – What hype? What's the quarter, who is their quarterback? I Sam Howell? That's why I'm asking you these questions. It seems like they kind of feel like just in some podcasts I've listened to and some things I've been reading of like, Washington's kind of – be careful. They're being a little sneaky. Where the Giants buzz is like, ah, do it again. I'm not buying, you know, the quarterback. But are you buying him at all? I don't like. All right, let's get right into this. No, I'm not buying. I, I'm not Three. buying anything that you're selling me if you can't tell me who the quarterback is. If you can't tell me that, then I'm not buying anything you're selling right off the bat. Uh, yeah. And I don't know Sam if Howell's it's not. Yeah. It's not uh, make me buy uh, flights. I, I think it's Jacoby Brissett. If we're being honest, I think it's going to be Howell. Well, we'll see. I mean, by week seven, it may not be who it was week one. That's very true. I mean, I, I for I good or Brissett, bad reasons. I think I think they want Howell to win the job. I think Brissett's there just in case it doesn't work out. But I think I think they're kind of going into camp thinking it's they want him to win the job. Um, you know something? Fine with me. <laughs> As a Giants fan. Well, okay, so. I'm not really sure. So we'll start with the quarterback situation. I'm not really sure if Brissett or Howell is the quarterback, but. I like the advantage in the trenches and at the edges. I, I'm not buying their offensive line or their quarterback. is not a good start to anything. <laughs> um, I will admit that the skill position players between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson down to McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel, that's 
I, I see, I understand where the hype comes from. They are still several very important pieces, I think, from being there us three years ago. And uh, uh, not in terms of actual roster construction, just progress. Well, three years ago, we were... Three years ago. Awful. Very, very bad. 2019. But we weren't... But we were saying, like, the bone... The, there were bones there. There were bones, that's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. I so bet the, maybe, the, a, maybe a slightly better version than that team. But we're not talking... We're nothing that makes us say, you know, we have to worry about them for a wild card spot. I, don't, I mean... I don't think so. Yeah, that's that's how I feel personally. Um, I, need to, I need to see something first before I start buying into hype where they just feel like a team where it's like, well, you know, watch out for them and like, I don't see it. I mean, I think that Ron Rivera is at least a good enough coach where I would describe a bad team of theirs as scrappy. Okay. I don't know if that's saying something or not, but it is yeah, saying something. With, with with Charles Leno at left tackle, Sam Cosme's their right guard or right tackle. I'm not even sure. Nick Gates is their center. I mean, mm-hmm. we love Nick Gates, but they signed a three year deal to a guy who I was worried was going to get hurt every time I saw him in there. Let's put it this way: that's one of the biggest needs. Before we drafted, you know, center was one of the biggest needs on this team, and we didn't. That, that's that's no back. shade, but it's it's also it's that there was a three year signing they gave that I don't think is a huge upgrade to what they had. So, yeah. Um, defensively, also like I'm buying this team. I'm still waiting for Chase Young to be Chase Young. When's that actually, supposed to happen? I actually have a note here about Chase Young. I'm like, what happened to Chase Young, and what's going to happen with him? I don't know. Like, I mean, he was you know. He was one of those, like, he'll be on the cover of Madden after his rookie year, and now it's like... If you put him on there, would anyone even know who the hell he is? It's just kind of there, yeah. Um, This is probably the first time... I I, I finally don't feel shitty about the center spot against this defensive line. I don't think it's an advantage having John Michael Schmitz versus Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, but Mm -hmm. uh, I finally don't feel awful about it. Man, to even imagine how much we've done against them with what we had for the last couple of years. And, then, and now as we're getting into week seven, week eight, again, he's a guy who's going to get some experience. He's going to be, he'll be better in middle October than he was in September. I don't like their linebackers. I, I never understood the Jamin Davis pick that they made. David Mayo was still slotted to be on their, <sighs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Uh, I I don't even I don't even love the Emmanuel Forbes pick that they made. I I think he's a good player. He he helps their roster. But at the spot they were at, they could have picked a better corner. I think. So I don't know. See this? That's a pen. I have mine in pencil, but I gotta win. I got this. I have this in pen. This is a game two years ago we lose. I agree. A game where I feel like or tie. <laughs> Or tie. Like, we could have had this exact same conversation. I like this. I don't like this. I like this. This looks good. Uh, they don't scare me. Blah, blah, blah. Then we're walking out of the stadium, going to the train at 4.15, going. How the fuck could this happen? How just lose that? <laughs> it's the same old garbage. I don't think this year. I, I, I think this team, teams like this, I think now we can beat. And that's why I think we're going to win this. That's why I'm bringing out the old pen. All right, now we're going to get into the meat of this episode. For for everyone, for for both of you listening, that we're waiting patiently. <laughs> if you got past the Dion talk, for, thank you. 
for weekend. Sorry, did I make that longer than it should have been? I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting question. I liked it. I mean, okay. we'll see. We'll, we'll check the numbers later. But <laughs> um, Week 8, Jets-Giants. Jets at Woo! Giants. Sunday, October 29th, 1 o'clock. Halloween costumes in full force. Um, it's crazy. Could be right in the middle of the World Series. Could be all sorts of stuff going on. And, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones. I think – are you excited for this game? Sure. I think there's – you know – Is this like the most relevant Jets-Giants matchup that you can remember? It's never going to be perfectly relevant in a regular season game. But with a guy like Aaron Rodgers coming here, at the same time that Daniel Jones is homegrown talent – to the spotlight they literally played each other last year in london too and now they're this hometown rivalry jets fans rightly i think think they have a shot to be playoff contenders i think they think they have a shot to be more than playoff contenders. sure i, I think when you have aaron Rodgers added to your team that's crazy. fair nope i don't think they're crazy um i would say the the year we played when um victor cruz had the 99 yard good point play, i lose but that was more a. I don't know if we knew. Yeah, well, I don't think in the moment we knew how important that was. I think it was more important for us personally. Like, we need to get our own house in order. We need to win this game. Right. And a play like that turning the season around. And also, if I remember, it kind of submarine the Jets season after that, too. So you really kind yeah. of killed two one stone with that. Mm-hmm. So I would say that would probably be the biggest one that I can think of. But. This, you know, for star power and just hype, this would be the biggest one I think has ever been hyped. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't. Did we ever play the Jets when they had Brett Favre? I don't think so. He was only there for like two years, wasn't he? Yeah, and we didn't. The rotation didn't work out where we we played them. So I don't think so. I don't think so. So yeah, I mean, and again, I, like I said, Jet fans, they're thinking not even playoffs they're thinking you know this they have an outside shot of going to the super bowl and you know it's they have not, the, i think they have the tougher road in the afc is really it the wouldn't be the problem. craziest thing i've ever seen in my life if they made it i wouldn't go to vegas and bet on it but if we're if we're talking in, in february doing a giant a, a jets preview of the super bowl i wouldn't be shock shocked um i also i also would not be shocked if this team falls apart well, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the biggest what-if in the league this year because <laughs> he, he wasn't that good last year, relatively speaking. And he's old. So <laughs> That's, maybe, he just, maybe he just sucks this year. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady kind of fell to earth this last year. Uh, quarterbacks, when they lose it, they lose it pretty quickly. Peyton. And Peyton. Peyton was throw- shot putting in the Super Bowl. He should have thrown it left handed in the Super Bowl. He'd probably been been better off. Um, so you know, and again, he's been in one system, you know, one team for so many years, a complete comfort level. He has to learn something completely new. Um, you know, he's playing on turf as opposed to grass for the first time. You know, for his thing, all little things that it's not a seamless transition. You know, can old dogs learn new tricks? You know. I can't, so I don't know if he can. So. Do the Jets have the worst logo in the NFL currently? The stupid the green football with the football in it? I don't like the Titans. I've never liked the Titans. Yeah, that's true. The Titans have a pretty shitty logo in colors. All yeah. right, anyway. 
I think the Jets should have stuck with when they when they brought back their throwbacks, the Joe Namath ones. I thought those were pretty cool. They're unique. Uh, they should have kept those. Making something they're, – they're, they're just so desperate, the Jets, to be relevant in this market and the NFL. They'll do anything possible. They'll have the cheesy PA announcer. They'll have the black uniforms. They'll do the oh, flavor yeah. of the – Those black uniforms are ugly, man. They'll do the flavor of the month uniform style so they appear relevant. They, they are – look, the Jets are what they are. They pay half of our mortgage. Thank you, Jet fans. Thank you, Woody Johnson. Thanks for paying for half the stadium. Maybe if they weren't so cheap, we could have paid for a roof on our stadium too. So I'm going to blame the Jets for being cheap. Why we don't have a roof. So fuck you. Brandon. All right. Um, as for this actual matchup. Um, <laughs> yes, all right. Let's start with start with defense. Aaron Rodgers, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, McCole Hardman behind a pretty decent offensive line. Biggest question's got to be, like, that offensive line, though. Is yeah. tackle situation. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think it's more so this defense and Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think this defense confuses Rodgers. I think more so it forces a guy to understand what's happening on the fly and be able to communicate to other guys that maybe can't keep up with the defense. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, While also making an older guy run and do things on the move, which is sort of what he's known for, I guess. But I think statistically it's just always going to make somebody less likely to make a play. So um, I think that this defense and their offensive line question marks – probably play into this being a little bit of a chance to capitalize on mistakes defensively. But I'm otherwise pretty scared. I am going to put this as a loss in pencil. I, you know, I have the Giants at a pretty good record right now. What do I have them at, like 6-1 and one at this point? Um, no, you have a loss. Uh, so 6-2. and two, uh, uh, This is week 8. You have us at 5-2. 5-2. Five and two. Five and two. I feel like this team is feeling really, really confident, maybe a little overconfident for the talent level they do. And I just have the hunch that this might be one of those, the old guys still got it games from Aaron Rodgers where, you know, maybe he was even not playing well the week before and the storyline is, you know, Jets do a, a Brett Favre redo, you know, redux with him. And all of a sudden he has the game of his year. Um, again, it's a long season. There are ups and downs. I just feel like this is kind of that part in the season where there's going to be a game we're going to lose at home that we probably shouldn't, even though we, we kind of said the Jets are better than they have been. I just have that gut feeling we're going to lose this game and be very annoyed that we do because there's going to be a lot of lippy Jet fans around and it's going to be finally get this rivalry some juice. So my gut i have this as a win in pencil there you go grump is grump is more optimistic um there you go i I actually think that this game is going to be a saquon barkley game i think that the zone read is going to fool defensive ends they're going to get sucked into bad things 
I think the power run will start to work late in the game. We'll be able to wear down. And then, you know, maybe something big. But, I mean, I don't think any throwing game is going to go too well against Gardner and Reed. Um, I do think it goes down to the wire. And I also think that in our section there will be three fights, fist fights. Yeah, I because it will be. This will be a close game, right? This will be close. Yeah, Yeah. I could see Jeff Van coming in and sitting in, you know, the seats right behind us, and you will know before opening kickoff that Jeff Van is there. And I think it'll take between about the second quarter. Maybe we should bring snacks down and sit with us for that game. I don't think that's wise. Not if you value your tickets, man. I mean, if we're if we're gonna go all in, let's just let's bring them down with us, and we'll just end it all. So, <laughs> no, I, I think I think there will be a, they'll you know they're gonna come in very confident, very lippy, very cocky. Uh, you know, it'll be a fun atmosphere. Yo, I, I, I gotta say, October 29th, one o'clock game. Shame on you if you're selling your ticket. I'm yeah. sorry, right? This yeah, is not a game to sell. I have a 6 a.m. flight that morning from Jacksonville after the cocktail party. I will be there. If I can make it up there, you know, even with a World Series potentially in the works around there where it's fly in and fly out, if I can make it, you should make it too. There's no excuses, season ticket holders. You need to be at that game. I mean, yeah. I mean, just for the fact that, like, why don't you want to be? If you don't want to be at this game, you should just sell your whole season ticket package. Yeah. You clearly don't want to be at any game. Yeah. You need the um, money that badly, we'll set up a, a GoFundMe for you or something. Yeah. I have this as a win in pencil. I think this is a really close game. I think this is a uh, – either I, – I I liked the way you said it. The uh, This might be a old guy's still got it game. I could definitely, definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, don't, you know, just like in 2011 when we played Aaron Rodgers, that was like that one game. It was back and forth. And yep. they led like some like thirty second drive right down the middle of the field, kicked a field goal, and won the game. Any chance this game gets flexed? Too early. Is it still too early? I don't know. Probably. It's not even Halloween yet. We're still in October. But are there new rules now with flexing? Uh, the new rules are that. Well, yeah. Uh, the new rules are that they can... the flexing is no longer contained within network. So it was essentially that you can get flexed to Thursday. Okay. So, so they, that 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 flipped. It. That meant that you could play two Thursday games per year. You know all that other stuff. So it changed no like flip, five rules. There's no flip outs to Sunday night for something like. No, you can you can be flexed to any spot, really. So, I mean, I, I see the potential. If the, let's say the Jets. Are, the, Jets but my thing time. is, is like, how how do you know that these are two good teams? I mean, you have to announce that flex like seven days beforehand, don't you? I think if the I think if there's a, both these teams have a solid record. Let's say they're both four and one or five and one at some point. I can absolutely see this being flexed to that Sunday night game. Two New York teams, star power and Aaron Rodgers, Saquon Barkley, battle for New York. Blah 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 blah. That's a network wet dream. It's true. I hope. Uh, I, I hope, hope they don't. <laughs> I hope they don't. I hope they don't. I am not a network executive. I have no stock in Comcast or Fox or anything. I don't need the game to be at night so their ratings can get better. I could care less about them. Yeah. There will be 86,000 people present there, right? Something like that? Something like that, for sure. 
That's the only rating I care about, is how full the stands are. <laughs> the only um, rating I care about is the win-loss record, to be very blunt. So we, uh, I went 3-1 and one this week. You went 2-2. Two and two. How about that? We flipped. Yeah, I'm feeling that's – we have three losses halfway through. That's kind of how I feel we should be. And I'd be – I will sign up for that right now. I don't care what Philly's doing. I don't care what Dallas is doing. Give me three losses after, you know, give me Eight five weeks. and three. Yeah. I am very happy. I'm cool with five and three. Sure. Um, five and three with a caveat that we are better than we were last year. We're playing better than we were last year, which I did say before we started this exercise. I think we would be a better team even if the record isn't reflective of that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. We better be. Or else I'm, better I'm out on this season. I'm kicking your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it for this episode. That was a solid, perfect hour that we just did yeah. that. There you go. So be sure to follow us on Twitter as it still exists at football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, at just giants pod, also on threads. Same thing yeah. at just giants pod. Yep. Same thing. That okay. the cranky fan is well there. I'm uh, I'm learning all this right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, and of course on YouTube our stuff. YouTube, yeah. Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., iTunes. Tell friends since social media is no longer a social media platform. We've had a bunch of new um, uh, subscribers on YouTube, so thank you. I think that's due to uh, Grump's appearances on uh, Talking Giants. That's probably a big catalyst for it. We appreciate all you new subscribers. So I'm, I promise you these shows will be good once the season really starts. We're just kind of – we're dealing with the summer right now, you know, the, the, the dog days. But uh, – I, I mean, I, I hope that was as fun as a season prediction session can get. Yeah. Know? So. I, I enjoyed it. There you go. I had the other fun two, too. The other two people survived the Dion talk. They enjoyed it too. So yeah, thanks. right. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next week with weeks 9 through 12, I guess. Yeah. Yep, yep. 9 through 12. And uh, we'll be almost done with the season at that point. And I think we spaced these out perfectly where as soon as we're done with this, we'll be right into training camp. So Camp's coming. Get ready. I'm ready. I'm so ready for. Th- are Are you like finally feeling like stoked, or is it still a little summery for you? I'm ready. You know, this is All Star break. It's kind of a dead week right now. I'm back from vacation, starting to do like my real research, getting into the year, and you know, again, for the first time in several years, we're relevant. And when you're relevant, you want it to start sooner. True. So I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, I'm ready too. We'll see you guys next week. Till then, go Giants. Go Giants.